what persecution is here in the United States compared to that, do we? No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. I tell you what. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've met so many good, wonderful Christians over the years. But I tell you what, I, I've met Christians that, that they'll, they'll complain because the room's not the right temperature, because the seat's not soft enough, or it's too soft, or all kinds of things, unbelievable stuff. Tell you what, when you start comparing what these people that we just saw in that video are going through, uh, we ought to be. I, I preached in another country one time where, where they had dirt floors. And they were just thankful for dirt floor. They didn't have a, 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 a restroom. They had a hole in the ground. If you had to go to the restroom during a service, you walked around the side of the building and just went, went in a hole, you know, in the ground. I mean, you know, and uh, un- unbelievable stuff that people go through. And then these people are, you know, having their heads cut off and, and, and their lives threatened, etc. I tell you, we have it good here in the United States. But we really need to remember, we really need to remember that people... Christians, our fellow brothers and sisters, these people that we just saw in this video. Let me tell you, dear friends, I believe they're the true heroes in the kingdom of God. They're they're the true heroes. They're the true heroes in the kingdom of God. See, it's these people that we just saw on this screen up here. We just we just saw it. We probably can't even remember, you know, or struggle remembering their names, you know, but they're the ones I believe that are going to be sitting on the front rows of heaven one day. Up next to the throne of God. These people that we just that we just saw in this video. And uh, I think we'll be shocked. Some of the household names of preachers and ministers that we're so familiar with. Uh, let me just tell you. These people, I believe, are going to be sitting far ahead of a lot of those people. And I know these people are going to get better seating in heaven than I'm going to get. Because they're doing a far greater work. But I tell you what. We need to remember these people. Can you say amen? amen. So, Father, I pray now as we share the word of God. We say a few things just briefly from the word of God that you'll touch the people's hearts and that you'll those that listen around the world on the Internet, that they'll that we'll all be touched and moved today by your spirit, the way you'd have us to be touched and moved in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Hebrews 13, 3 Hebrews 13, 3 says this. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. How many of you know if you're chained to somebody, you're going to know what's going on in that person's life, aren't you? Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. That's how we're supposed to remember those that are persecuted, as though we were chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. So I want to talk about just titling this persecuted. Uh, said, remember those as chained with them. It's talking about people that are persecuted, past and present. Uh, notice Hebrews 11.32. Hebrews 11.32 says, what shall I say more? For the time had failed me to tell of Gideon, Brack, Samson, Jephna, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire. Think about that. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego sent into the fiery furnace because of their testimony for Almighty God. David into the lion's den because of his testimony in his life of service and prayer. To Almighty God. They escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, watch this, tortured, 
not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two, tempted, slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Wow. Not really the Christianity that we see in the United States for the most part, is it? Wow. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, mountains, and dens, and caves of the earth. These people suffered persecution because they loved God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffers persecution? Well, it's clear. Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. He said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. So who suffers persecution? True servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we as Christians, as servants of the Lord that live godly in Christ Jesus, can we expect to be persecuted by this world? Yes or no? Yes. And uh, if we're not getting persecuted in some way or another, I wonder if we're really a true servant of the Lord Jesus. If we're really living godly in Christ Jesus, because those who live godly, those who really serve the Lord, there'll be forms of persecution that come our way. Now, the early church was severely persecuted. John, let's start with him. Revelation one, verse nine. Let's just look at him real quick. John, remember the apostle John. Revelation one, nine says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos. Now, why was he exiled there? Because of the word of God and his testimony of Jesus Christ. Tradition says that they uh, boiled him in oil, but he was unharmed. And so when they couldn't kill him any other way, they exiled him and put him on the Isle of Patmos. Now, John was the only apostle to not suffer a violent death. He died of what we call natural causes of an old age. But listen to some of these others of Jesus's disciples. James, John's brother, he was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred. It's me, martyred means to be put to death for a cause you believe in. Uh, he was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred on the way to be executed. He showed so much courage that one of his executioners was so impressed and moved that he confessed Jesus as his Lord and then was beheaded with James. Isn't that something? I'd like to think I had as had as much love for the Lord Jesus Christ as James. He loved Jesus so much that on his way to be uh, uh, to be he was persecuted on his way to be put to death. He showed so much courage and love for the Lord Jesus that one of his executioners got saved and was put to death as well. With James, isn't that something that happened again and again? You read the Fox's Book of the Martyrs, you'll see that so many times the executioner would get saved in the process of taking somebody's life because they loved Jesus. Peter, how many's ever heard of Peter? You ever heard of the Apostle Peter? He was persecuted much, evidently, as time went on. He was crucified upside down. 
Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross. Matthew was pinned to the ground and beheaded. How many remember doubting Thomas? He was tortured and run through with spears, thrown into a fiery oven. James, the half-brother of Jesus, he was the pastor who wrote the book of James. He was thrown off the temple tower and his head was beaten in with clubs. Luke, remember he wrote gospel according to Luke. Acts, he was a physician, traveled with Paul. They hung him from an olive tree. Mark, who wrote the gospel according to Mark, he was tied with ropes, drug behind horses until dead. Why was that? Because he spoke out against the people of Alexandria and he spoke out against their idol worship. He told them they ought to love Jesus more than anything else. And it cost him his life. Bartholomew, cruelly beaten, stripped, they they peeled his skin off, then crucified him. John the Baptist, he was beheaded. Due to the fact that he cried out against Herod's sexual sin. Remember that? How many of you know men of God ought to cry out against the political ills of the day? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Real men of God will do that. Timothy rebuked the Ephesian pagans over their idolatry. And then he was beaten with clubs. Died two days later. Paul. Now, he was in prison frequently, beaten severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times he received 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned once and left for dead. He was delivered to the lions. And then in an old age, he was beheaded. Christians of the first century were persecuted again and again. Nero, how many remember Nero? He was actually the one that, I believe, took Paul's life. Interesting. All these years later, we name our children Paul and our dogs Nero. But Nero, the Roman emperor, would have Christians, because of their faith in Jesus, sewn inside animal skins and fed to the dogs. Now we call our dogs Nero. Also, he would dress Christians in wax clothes and set them on fire to provide light for his evening parties. And then he had Christians fed to the lions. You know, one of the big sports back there uh, in Rome was uh, they'd come out for the uh, to, to watch Christians being fed to the lions. Now, here in the United States, we go watch the Rams or the Cardinals or whatever. But, but back there then they'd come out for the different different. Events that, but one of the events that they'd have was they'd feed Roman, they'd feed the Romans would feed Christians to the lions. I don't think I'd want to go see that. I know when I was in Costa Rica, I saw a bullfight. They had they have bullfights on the television down there, and that bull really doesn't have a chance if you see all that they do to the bull before they finish him off. And uh, but I didn't like watching the bullfights. I certainly wouldn't want to go watch Christians or anybody else be treated that way would you in many cases as we said christians would have the right to renounce jesus or be put to death and again and again they'd hold their hold true to their faith polycarp now that's not a fish 
That was an early church leader, Polycarp. He was given a chance to renounce Christ or be burnt at the stake. He replied, notice what he said, for 86 years I've served Jesus. He's never wronged me once. How can I blaspheme my Lord who saved me? And then they burnt him at the stake. So these are just some people of yesteryear. And we could now bring it into the time which we live in. You saw, how many of you know they're cutting people's heads off over there in the Middle East right now? Is that right? Christians. Christians. They're cutting Christians. Is that right? And and others. And others. They're trying to stamp Christianity out over there. And so it's going on in the present day around the world. Unbelievable. Christianity is illegal in many countries. And I could stand up here and read about all the countries where all the the, the, persecution is going on. But I think this video that we saw earlier says it better than I could ever say it. Here in the United States, we don't have the persecution like they have in other parts of the world. But yet there is persecution here nonetheless. No doubt about it. But compared to the rest of the world, not hardly any. But there is persecution here. Now, I could read you many, many cases and many instances where uh, Christians are being persecuted here in the United States. But rather than go through and just list a bunch of them off, I just wanted to center in on 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 two of them. And 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 just to, to try to make a point here. So so bear with me through this and just listen to this. Masterpiece Cake Shop, Cake Shop, Bakery, in Lakewood, Colorado, a family-owned bakery, has been ordered by the government to make wedding cakes for gay couples and guarantee that its staff be given comprehensive training on Colorado's anti-discrimination laws after the state's Civil Rights Commission determined The Christian baker violated the law by refusing to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. How many of you know homosexuality is rising to the forefront like never before in this nation? The Bible says homosexuality is sin. Did you know that? Did you know the Bible says that again and again and again and again? How many of you know that? That? Now, the Bible says it's, it's, it's sin. Now, this cake shop was directed to change the store policies immediately and force their staff to attend training sessions and train, train them what the laws are of Colorado and then train them to be you know, more accepting of... How many of you know we shouldn't be more accepting of sin, should we? And so you don't misunderstand me. You need to know my heart. We should never make fun of homosexuals. We should never put them down, beat them over the head. Can you say amen? We should show them love. We should show them them respect. We should show them the love of Jesus and all of that, certainly. But we should love them enough to tell them the truth of the word of God. Did you hear me? That that. Homosexuality is, is sin. And, and you need to know this, that, that what, what typically happens in a, in, in a great society is, is right near the end before the judgment of God falls is homosexuality comes to the forefront and is widely accepted. 
and then the judgment of God comes. You, you see that again and again. And that's right where we're at here in this nation. Now, they were ordered to have their staff to take classes to be more sensitive. To, and I'm adding this in, to be more sensitive to sin. But that's what they were doing. That's what's going on. They were uh, directed to change their store policies, force their staff to attend training sessions. For the next two years, listen, the owners of this cake shop, bakery, will also be required to submit quarterly reports to the commission to confirm that they have not turned away customers based on their sexual orientation. The cake shop's attorney said that this is truly frightening that the cake shop will be forced to submit quarterly reports to the government disclosing whether they turned away any wedding cake business. Further, their attorney said there will be some reporting requirements to demonstrate that the owners have not maintained their current belief structure. In other words... I'll read it again. The, the, the cake shop's attorney said that there be, they're going to have to report to the government to demonstrate that they've not maintained their current belief structure. See, what these classes that they're going to is trying to do is to try to get them to accept homosexuality as it's okay. Now, we're going to get to the root of why this is here in just a minute. So you got your seatbelts buckled? The attorney said, because I think it's going to be different than what you think I'm going to direction you think I'm going to go. The attorney said, this is offensive to everything America stands for. Now, the cake shop has refused to comply. And I say, praise God for, the, for, the, for taking a stand. Now, let me read a little further here. The controversy started in 2012 when a gay couple asked the cake shop to make their wedding cake. The shop ownership politely declined. Notice politely declined. See, I like that. Politely declined. We're not, we don't need to bash people. They politely declined, saying they could not make a cake promoting a same-sex ceremony because of their faith, because of what they believed. But they did offer to make this couple, they did offer to make them any other baked item that they wanted. That's fair, don't you think? Sure. I have no problem with that. We'll make you a birthday cake. We'll make you, you know, I have no problem with that. But the reason they didn't make the wedding cake is because they believe, the bakery believes that marriage is between a man and a woman as a husband and wife. And the last time I read my Bible, that's what the Bible said marriage is for. A man and a woman as a husband and a wife. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, but a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. Anything other than that is an abomination in the sight of God. Did you hear what I just said? Now, where this nation is trying to get all of us, including the preachers, is to a point where we all accept homosexuality. As just fine. But it isn't just fine. I said it isn't just fine. Where this country is going right now is to get it to the point where uh, if I stand here and read the word of God that says homosexuality is sin, 
to the point that they'll handcuff me and take me to jail. That's where this is headed. Do you understand that? They offered to make him any kind of other bakery item they wanted. But not one promoting same-sex marriage. So as this goes on, the commission affirmed a civil court's ruling. A civil court. Real loud say civil court. Real loud say judge. Oh, there was a judge that, that ruled on this. And the commission affirmed a civil court's ruling... That the bakery cannot discriminate against persons in a public place based on sexual orientation. The cake shop's owner said, my God is bigger than any bullies they've got. I don't worry about it, he said. I honor my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and am true to what he wants me to do. The attorney said the cake shop has gone out on a limb and taken this stand and not capitulated to the government's demands, not given in to their demands. Praise God for that. Doesn't the Bible say we ought to obey God rather than man? See, we ought to obey the civil authorities until or unless they tell us that we have to violate scripture. And then we ought to obey God rather than man. Is that right? So they have not given in to the government's demands. So they think that this could go to the Supreme Court. And should, and this was a question in the article, and should the highest court in the land force the cake shop to comply? Here's what the owner said. I'm not giving up my faith. Too many people have died for this faith to give up so easily. So he's not going to comply. And I say amen to him. Meanwhile, the bullying tactics of the militant gay rights community have not hampered the bakery's bottom line. They've gotten so much business from the sales of cookies and brownies, they've temporarily stopped making wedding cakes. Isn't that wonderful? See, God bless them on the other side. Yay for them. See, they, they, and really, if you study persecution, you know, and you really look at it, persecution really causes the church to thrive. It caught, remember over there in the Old Testament, the Egyptians had the people of God in bondage. And, and the more that they caused the bondage, the more persecution. The Bible says the more that the people of God prevailed. It, it, there's something about persecution. I don't know what it is, but it, 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 it you know, it, it causes, it will cause a church to thrive. And uh, I, I've said this before, uh, and uh, people misunderstand me, but I think the church in the United States could use a little bit more persecution because I think it would wake us all up and get us out of our lethargy and cause us to stand up and and do something about it. Can you say amen? Here's what the owner said. Obey Christ rather than worry about what man can do to you. I can agree with that. Uh, I, in putting this message together, I, they did a can, they did a little candid camera skit. They did a little candid camera skit. And, uh, how many's ever seen candid camera? And, uh, they did a little thing in a, in a bakery. And they set the thing up. And they had the, the guy that was the owner, the baker. He was in on it. He was an actor. And then there were two women who were, uh, acting. And they were a lesbian couple. And they were coming in to order a wedding cake. And the the whole thing of it was they wanted to see, the candid camera wanted to see the other people in the store. How would they react when 
the baker, the owner, refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. And basically what happened, most of the people that they showed, you know, the bystanders, when the baker refused to make a wedding cake, he, and he'd tell me, I'll make you any other kind of cake, but I'm not making you a wedding cake. Most of the people that were in the store watching it got angry with the baker. And they were going to take their, again and again, they told the baker, if you're going to treat this couple that way, we're taking our business somewhere else. And, and the thing of it is, is that the people, how many of you know we shouldn't be mean to anybody? Is that correct? And, 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 and homosexual people, you know, sell them birthday cakes. I mean, love, love them, all of that. But do you understand when it comes to a wedding cake? You, you just you can't do that. Do you understand? But the people that were watching this again and again, they got mad at the baker because he thought. Watch this. He thought they thought he was being mean to, to these to these homosexuals. And he wasn't being mean. He was just standing on the word of God and, and all the love that he could stand in. But you see, this nation right now, the where this is headed and where we're basically we're there is for me to stand up here in the pulpit and say homosexuality is sin and to say that a baker shouldn't bake a wedding cake. For a gay couple shouldn't. It's an abomination to God. See what 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 that is, is people look in, even Christians look in and they think that I'm being an old meanie. Did you see that? I said, did you see that? And there's some of the most popular, biggest churches in the land that if I went in the pulpit and stood there and said the Bible says homosexuality is sin, they're not going to let the leadership's not going to let me say that to start with. And if I did, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say I'm a hate monger. Did you hear what I just said? And they're going to want to throw me out. And that's pretty much where this nation is is headed. And in many cases, it's there already. And the people in this candid camera skit, the thing that affected me so much as I watched it is that the people didn't know. They didn't know. They'd never been taught that homosexuality is sin. Um, and it was it was amazing what these people, these bystanders, what they thought God's view was on homosexuality. Now, how many of you know uh, this last week there's a fellow that runs the Apple Corporation? How, how many of you heard that? He he came out and said that he's gay and you got much of the news. Almost all the media's. How many of you know we ought to be weeping and sad, shouldn't we? And he said this in his statement. He said he was I'm just paraphrasing. But this was the essence of it. And he said this line, this one line. He said, he said, one of the greatest gifts God could have ever given me is the gift of homosexuality. He was thanking God for making him a homosexual. God hasn't made anybody. Would God make you something that his word curses? No. So it's just deception. I've already talked with people that had, quote unquote, homosexual churches right here in the city of St. Louis. And I've talked with the pastors and they're totally deception. Realize, say deception. Deception. Yeah. And, And so the point I'm trying to make is, is that so many people don't know what the Bible says. About homosexuality. 
They don't, they don't know. They've never been taught. They think, they think God's behind it, so many of them. And it just makes you want to cry. It makes you want to weep. And then something else that I saw in this candid camera thing was that there were some people who backed the baker. They backed the baker. They said, yeah, I agree with what the baker's doing. Shouldn't, shouldn't honor same-sex marriage. But those people that agreed with the baker, none of them would go on camera and say that. Now, Pastor Terry, why are you taking so much time with this right here? This, why are you saying so much about homosexuality? Because that spirit is in the process of taking this country over. And we need to stand against it. I said we need to stand against it. I said we need to stand against it. And you, you, I didn't say stand against people. I said stand against the, the demonic power. You'd be surprised how many Christians in this land, Christians in this land, would never come back to this church because of the things I've said up here in the last ten minutes. Unbelievable. There was a black couple that came in to the store. And they were part of the... They were they weren't part of the, the, the deal. They they the, the skit they didn't know they were the camera was on them and the and the fellow the the the, uh, the black man and his wife. How many of you know God doesn't look at skin color? My daughter in law is black. Now I've got a granddaughter that's half black and half white. And and, and how many of you know I, I love black people, red people, white people, polka dot people. I don't care skin color. Did you hear me? Now, if you got a problem with skin color, you need to check up on whether or not you're saved, you see. Because saved people, really, truly, that have tapped into the blood of Jesus, shouldn't see skin color. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Oh, yeah. And, and his concern was, he said, now, he said, he said this on camera. He said, I, I don't agree with same-sex marriage. But he said, I don't want to come in here as a black man and be refused by the baker to, to have a wedding cake made. Now, I understand where he's coming from, but here's the thing. There's a difference between race and sin. Did you hear what I just said? And that's another thing that the devil's trying to muddy the water on. See, he's trying to say, well, we shouldn't be racist. How many of you know we shouldn't be racist? How many of you know black, red, yellow, black and white? We're all precious in his sight. Is that right? But when we talk about homosexuality, now we're not talking about rape. We're talking about S.I.N. Is that right? Can you see the difference? Can you see the devil's trying to muddy the water on that? Oh, yeah. Now, let me conclude this message by saying this. This evening, there's going to be some sort of a a thing going on in Houston, Texas. Five pastors. How many of you have heard about the five pastors in Houston? They call them the Houston Five. Just recently, five pastors in Houston, Texas. And Huckabee's going to be there tonight. Boy, I I, I wish he'd run for president. That'd be good. Five pastors in Houston, Texas, were subpoenaed by the city to turn over any writings, correspondence, sermons, etc. that talked about homosexuality, gender identity to the mayor. You haven't heard about that? Where, where, you, where you been? Haven't you been watching the news? 
Five pastors in Houston, Texas, were subpoenaed by city, the city to turn over any writings, correspondence, any sermons they preached that talked about homosexuality, gender identity. They're supposed to turn it over to the mayor. That means this sermon that I preach today, the mayor would want that. And she identifies herself as a lesbian. How many of you know that's that's the country's headed in the wrong direction? Is that right? Is that right? Yes or no? I, 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 you know, you have your own opinions. You have your right to them. The subpoena was withdrawn, though. You know why it was withdrawn now? Now, you know why it was withdrawn? Because of the outcry of a whole bunch of people. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? An outcry of a whole bunch of people. I know Huckabee got behind it. I'm not endorsing or not endorsing him. I just, I I like a lot of things that man believes. But why was the subpoena withdrawn? Because of an outcry of a whole bunch of people. And, and, and uh, Huckabee got up on his program and he said, if this lady wants sermons, let's all send her some sermons. <laughs> and uh, I have to confess, I didn't send her any of mine. I should have. She got a thousand Bibles roughly sent to her. Is that wonderful? <laughs> and she backed off of that subpoena. Why? Because a whole bunch of people cried out. But you know, let me tell you this. If a whole bunch of people hadn't cried out, she'd be still wanting them sermons. Now, let me tell you, and this is where, and then I'm going to close, but you need to really listen close now. You listening? If you're listening, say, I'm listening. Oh, you need to listen real close, because this is where we take the fork in the road the other way of which you didn't think I was going to take. I think it's clear. Do you know who put the mayor, this lesbian mayor? Do you know who put the lesbian mayor in office? The Christians. Do you know who put Barack Obama in the White House? The Christians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know who put... How many of you know abortion is sin? Did you know that? How many of you know it is? Now, now if you're here and you've had, had that, dear lady, God loves you. We love you. Jesus loves you. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. But generally speaking... Abortion is murder, is it not? Yeah. You know, hear me all the way out on this. You know who we complain about those judges on the Supreme Court. You know who who ultimately put those judges on the Supreme Court that that agree with abortion? You know who put them there? Christians did. As people are grasping their chest saying, yeah, let me give you some statistics. Somebody asked me to get these. I got them for you. Listen, there's a vote coming up this Tuesday. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Did you know I looked this up myself? I looked this up myself. Only about 50% of Christians in America are registered to vote. Of those who are registered, only 50% of those show up at the polls. You know what that means? That means 75% of all Christians in the United States are not taking advantage of one of their greatest privileges, the right to vote. 
If every Christian would register to vote and then do so, candidates who share their beliefs and values would win every election in a landslide, including the presidency. I've watched Christians travail in prayer and, and, and travail in prayer and travail in prayer and all that, all that. I mean, I'm not against uh, some of it. Some of it's right, but most of it is a waste of time if Christians aren't going to go out and vote. Did you hear what I just said? Listen to this. Now, these numbers that I'm giving you now are real close approximations. Nine, there are 92 million Bible-believing Christians in the United States. 92 million people that say, I believe that Jesus Christ is virgin-born. He lived a sinless life. He died for me on the cross. He shed his blood on the third day. He was raised from the dead. They're, 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 they're Bible, they, they, they believe the Bible. 92 million Bible-believing Christians in the United States. 69 million do not vote. That's 75%. In 2012, President Obama got 66 million total votes. Governor Romney got 61 million total votes. And there's 69 million Christians who aren't voting at all. You need to get that. 69 million Christians do not vote President Obama got 66 million total votes. Governor Romney got 61 million total votes. Can you see that the Christians could have swung that election? I mean, any election. The reason that darkness is taking the United States of America over is because Christians have become lethargic. They don't vote. They don't. they're, They're just asleep. They're asleep at the wheel. Isn't that sad? The Christians put the president in the office. The Christians put the abortion judges on the bench. The Christians put that mayor that's causing the problem for these pastors down in use. Christians put these people in office by their lack of doing anything. The only thing necessary, Edmund Burke said this, the only thing necessary for the triumph of, of evil is for good men to do nothing. Now, I've had people over the years write me nasty letters and say, Pastor Terry, you shouldn't say anything about politics from the pulpit. Well, I don't have any right to tell you how you ought to vote. Did you hear me? And I've never told you how to vote. Not one time have I ever told you who to vote for. Let's put it that way. But I have a responsibility as a man of God under the anointing of the Spirit of God to encourage you and call you to vote. Did you hear what I just said? I have a responsibility as a man of God to call you to vote. Now, I have no right to tell you how to vote. That's your right. But I have a responsibility to call you to vote. Why do we have such persecution? Nothing like we have in the other parts of the world. But why do we have such persecution here in the United States? It's because Christians haven't been voting. And that's the reason. That's the reason of all this stuff is happening here in the United States is because Christians don't vote. And so 
people get into office that are contrary to the Bible and then they start passing all of these things that Christians don't agree with. And then Christians want to start praying against this stuff and Christians start griping and complaining. And that's not the answer. The answer is, where's the answer? In going to the polls and what? Voting. And, the, and, and, and you see pulpits. See, I've said for years, the pulpit, pulpits need to stand aflame with the preaching of the word of God so that the people know the difference between right and wrong. Did you hear what I just said? See, when you go vote, I never tell you who to vote for, but I have said this and I keep saying it. I'd encourage you to vote the word of God. Find candidates that are that you'll never find candidates that are totally in line with everything, but find candidates that line up as close to the word of God as you can get them and then vote. I'd encourage you to vote the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? But folks, I, I feel impressed to the spirit of God. I, prayer wars. They, they pray and they pray. And they, most of it is wasted time. Most of it. Because the answer is the, the pastor needs to stand in the pulpit and preach messages where people can understand what's right and what's wrong. There's so, I'm talking some of the biggest pulpits in this nation. You walk out on Sunday morning. You don't know if homosexuality is right or wrong. Did you hear what I just said? Now, now, after what I've said today, would you have any problem discerning in your mind whether or not homosexuality was right or wrong? I think I have. I made it clear. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. Some of the biggest, most what we call successful churches in the land. You walk out on Sunday morning. You'd have no idea if if uh, 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 homosexuality is right or wrong. You'd have no idea how to even get saved. Well, how do I get saved? They didn't really tell me. They, they, told, they told me I just needed to say a little prayer. How many of you know a little prayer isn't going to save you if your life is not committed totally to the Lord Jesus? Is that right? Is that right? Now, am I right or not? See, when you come to church, you should get more than entertained. You should get some information. And so a preacher needs to tell people the difference between right and wrong from the word of God. And then you go out and you vote the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. And uh, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again because I, I feel strongly about it. If we don't go out and vote. Now, now, I'll say it another way. I don't know anybody in this room that I'm aware of. That would spit on the grave of a veteran or somebody who's died defending this country. I don't know anybody that would go out and spit on the grave of a soldier that defended his country. But when we do not exercise our right to vote, you know what we're really doing? We're spitting on the grave of all those who gave their lives to give us the right to go do that. Did you hear what I just said? So I'm just saying this as lovingly as I know how to anybody that's listening. If you don't go vote, not just at the presidential elections. How many of you know a lot of people just vote in the presidential election, but they don't vote the midterms? How many of you know we ought to be voting in all of them? Is that right? We ought to be voting from everything from the president of the United States to the president of the school board. Is that right? We ought to be voting. 
One of the reasons that our school districts are so goofed up is because Christians are letting people get on the school board that stand for evolution and every kind of crazy thing. Would it be not? I'd love to see the Rockwood school board taken over by a bunch of Bible believing Christians, you know. There might be some on there now, but I, but but I'd like to see I'd like to see where Rockwood School District get where Jesus they could say Jesus is Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <gasps> I would never want to see that in a public school system. Well, why would you? We, we've gotten away from our roots. Our roots. This nation was founded on Jesus Christ. Can anybody? Does anybody believe that besides me? See, if you're cringing it, I remember when I was in high school, I went up and, and they were, you could go up and write, Buddha is Lord, nobody would do anything. You could go up and write, Harry Krishna is Lord, nobody would say anything. But I tried it one day, I went up and wrote, Jesus is Lord in Spanish class. And that lady just about went nuts. <gasps> How many of you know you can't even really bring your Bibles to a lot of places anymore? Public school. Is that sad? Kids can't read the Bible in school. I'd like to see the teachers be able to get up and teach Bible classes in Rockwood School. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But that's not going to happen unless you take the school board over and get righteousness in there. Did you hear what I just said? Am I okay? You love me still? And there's some. There's some good good teachers. There are some good people there. But but uh, I'd like to see. I mean, would you rather have Jesus in there running things or would you rather have the devil in there running things? So they kicked they kicked God out of the school system years ago. I know there's Christians in it. I'm, I was a teacher in it, but most of them aren't. That's one of the reasons you got all this darkness in schools today. You got all this shooting going on, huh? Is that right? Sure it is. Jeremiah asked the people, "Why are you doing this to yourselves?" Why have we let the devil come over, come in and take this country over? Did you get anything out of this today? I wonder how many people in this room really don't like some of the things I said. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. I just wish that this nation, the Christians in this nation would wake up. And get back to voting. And get back to serving God. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand with me and grab the person's hand next to you. I don't need any music playing today. Stand firm and keep a good attitude when you're persecuted. Can you say amen to that? Rejoice. Jesus said to rejoice and be counted worthy. That you've been counted worthy to suffer persecution. Didn't he say something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Stephen, when he was martyred, he cried out and he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. When the the people that was putting him to death. People that was persecuting him. I'd like to be able to have that kind of an attitude. How about you? Lord, do not charge them with this sin. That's what Stephen cried out as they were putting him to death. He said, Lord, don't charge him with this sin. See, we want to keep our hearts soft. We want to. I know a lot of times I get up here and I get under this anointing and I come across so bold and so. But 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 guys, you need to. I mean, my heart's broken. 
My heart's broken. And we need to love people. We need to be soft toward people. But we do have to teach the word of God and be, be firm on some of these things, you see. Because if we're not, the devil will just come in and run roughshod, you see. So let's stay soft. Let's stay sweet. Let's don't get mean-spirited. That goes for me. Let's pray for those that are coming against us. Let's don't retaliate, but let's, let's, let's respond in love. Let's turn the other cheek. Let's don't fight with people. Let's go and do the civilized thing. Let's vote. Let's take out our frustrations at the voting booth, you see. Tuesday would be a good time to let your faith do some talking and go out and vote, you see. That's this Tuesday. Big vote coming up. Find out which candidates are in line with the word of God and go vote for them. That's what I tell you to do, but you do whatever you need to. And then we pray for those that persecute us. What about for those that are being persecuted, that their faith fail not, that they have strength to endure? And for persecutors, that they'd get saved. Remember when, you see it in the Bible, when, like Saul, when he got saved, the Bible says the persecution stopped. Because he got saved. He wasn't Saul anymore. He was Paul. So let's pray as we dismiss this service. Uh, Say, Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. For those being persecuted around the world and here in the United States. We pray that their faith would not fail and that you would strengthen them and that they'd be able to endure. For those doing the persecuting, we take our authority in Jesus' name. We pull down darkness from their spiritual understanding. May their spiritual eyes be opened. And, O God in heaven, send the perfect laborer across their path in due season that they might get saved. And as a result, persecution will cease. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray now for this election in the United States this Tuesday that the people of God would be aware of their responsibility and that we'd respond and we'd go to the polls and we'd vote your word in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.